$421 million in debt. That is what the chief of staff to the United States of America. <laughs> I will never give him the title. Uh, owes in debt. That can literally raise about half the villages in poverty on the continent in Africa. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Doom Patrol, Season 1, Episode 7, Therapy Patrol. This episode was written by Neil Reynolds and directed by Rob Harvey, who worked on, wait for it, Twa 2, Pandora's Box. Premise. I told you that bitch crazy. I have never watched that movie, but I'm pretty sure that is probably what it's about. <laughs> This episode premiered March 29th of 2019, and I gave it a 9 out of 10. I am starting to warm up a lot more to the characters. I find In Order to be interesting. Still at the top is Larry, then Rita, then Jane, then Cliff. And Cliff still at the very edge of the likability factor. I mean, he's about one-thirds in, so maybe he is just going to be that character that I'm not going to relate to in any fashion, (laughs) except when he is trying to be a good person, which is not often. I kind of think he has a case of misery likes company, and when he can focus on other people's problems, he is happier and less of a douchebag, even though he still is a douchebag. He is kind of a boys type of character, and I can't stand that TV series. Sorry if you like it. Uh, <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. It's an over-machoism that is presented in his character, and I don't enjoy it. We do open with Cliff this week, telling everyone assemble that we need to get things off of our chest. Because if we are going to rescue the chief, we are going to have to go through Mr. Nobody. And he is going to continue to torture us. And we need to take away his ammunition, so to speak. But he continues to do this in a decidedly unlikable way. We flash first to Rita, Hollywood, 1930. Her parents apparently have been pipping pimping her out to be an actress since she could coo, forsaking even an education and other children to focus on making pretty and this skill set into a career. It explains actually a lot as she meets her idol Ethel after winning a pageant fair. She clearly knew nothing, Ethel that is, about meeting this young girl and She does, when she sees her face, says, well, maybe with that face, you'll make it. Like, yeah, I can see prettiness getting you so far, uh, but you're going to have to go much further. Like, she's popping pills, drinking. (laughs) She doesn't give her the facts on what exactly it is like to be an actress in Hollywood. But this is definitely something her parents have put upon her for a very long time. Not even playing with other children. Damn. She needs nothing that doesn't focus her on that. 
And she also can't introduce herself by her real name. It turns out Rita Farr is her stage name. Shame. 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 Presently, Rita at 8.55 is being awoken by Vic, who tells her there's a team meeting in 15 minutes. She puts herself together by giving her same, you know who you are, what she learned from, damn, I can't remember, Mento last week. She is trying to be more the, or she's trying to, kind of distance herself from this home persona but my thought was as soon as she was doing this saying you are reader far is that she's gonna have to change her tactic and I thought maybe her real transition is when she starts using her real name and I'm interested in knowing what that is since they did not reveal it this episode hammerhead walks by and says what the fuck is wrong with your neck because she is able to get everything but this big bulge that she tries to hide with the scarf and she immediately starts to dissolve once again goes into the furnace with only her head (laughs) and her slime i like the way they did uh her metamorphosis it was much less the blot like she can get that big but Clearly, she can also be smaller because it just allowed for a lot of comedy here as she has to get her way out of the drain. I guess she is naked every time she does dissolve because she doesn't have any clothes on. She grabs a shirt. She says maybe a ball of slime was what she always was and what she deserves. Ain't it the truth? Hey, the first step to... (laughs) to healing is admitting the truth to herself and we can definitely tell Rita Farr was not a nice person but she is going to be the best ball of slime she can be and remarks that she could swallow the whole town if she really wanted to so she's going to make her ass up these steps she comes out triumphant with a return to her body but something is happening with Cliff and Vic there's an explosion and it's Violet and she goes back to being a goop on the floor I tried so hard and got so far But in the end, it doesn't even matter Moving on to Larry, North Dakota, 1935, a flash to his childhood On to the next second shittiest parents on the roster Especially the mama who knows that her son is gay Because he has been playing doctor with a boy behind the swings and that's not the first sign that he does tend to like boys and he overhears his mom saying your son is going to cost us everything with school and the church go suck a dick suck a dick suck a motherfucking dick suck a dick suck a huge or small i don't know call me old-fashioned but what happened to just loving your child like i would be more concerned about in the 1930s how my child's sexuality would influence their life the quality of their life i would not care about what's going on uh with my standing in the fucking community a selfish bitch larry at 8 55 a.m is also awoken by vic sans bandages
And I must say, even with the makeup, it's nice to see Matt Bomer acting. I guess his bandages just look like that, and I'm going to have to get over it. I said it last episode, but they clearly said, shut up, Christina. All the bandages look like this. <laughs> even when he takes them freshly off of the rack. Fine. Okay. Forget it. And he wants to take the day off, and he's talking to JB about it. And he says, no hellish dreams this time. So that's what he's been doing this entire time that homeboy leaves his body. He's like, into the nightmare you go. So yeah, no wonder there's been a resentful relationship with them for 60 whole fucking years. Jesus, you're just now thinking to reach out, bruh? And then I was thinking, wait, it can make him see things, what he wants him to see? And as soon as I thought that thought we get the next interaction as he's trying to communicate with him because he starts to glow he's like i don't know what you want from me i don't understand your responses is this a yes or a no apparently jb can as he is in the truck kissing john manipulate his reality or once he goes in or once the entity leaves his body he kind of goes into a state of his memories is my guess and as he's kissing John, he remarks, oh, this is new. <laughs> and that they are revisiting the memory, but the memory is not accurate. And he says, oh, you're supposed to be this all-knowing thing. How are you not going to get all these details right? And he yells at JB. And he completely ignores uh, John. And that was, that was my thing. I was like, if the thing's trying to communicate with you, and it can, well, when he can can it only communicate him with him in his memories is that what it is i feel like he should be asking all the questions that i am and he's not but i guess this memory was before his accident at their meetup spot by this train station and then the entity goes back into his body and then he puts him back And the memory is more accurate. And he's once again kissing John. And he's like, I don't know why you keep bringing me back to this shit. This is not going to help. He starts to yell some more. And then the entity JB goes back in. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, you don't interrupt me when I'm talking. (laughs) And then he goes back. And he continues with, you know, because John, the quote-unquote John, was telling him that maybe it'll be different this time. Maybe... Uh, he should live in the moment and that's when I was thought is this JB really trying to be like I feel like I'm shipping them too (laughs) as the new JB and I would love if every time the entity just would take his form but he says that you are putting this memory out here you're trying to get me to confront shit but you don't have context you don't understand that it was not easy for me keeping the secret. I was always afraid that people would find out who I was, what I was. I was also um, thinking about the people who were killed because of their sexuality. I'm thinking about the jokes in the locker room. I'm thinking about the shame. I'm thinking about a whole bunch of things. And a lot of people were hurt because I couldn't deal with my own shit. And I understand that. Uh, but there was also a lot of fear. And so you have JB in the, I'm guessing, form of John saying, 
he's happy that he admitted it but that he is also missing the sunset and that's when uh, Larry gives up the fight and he just leans into the memory of being with someone he loved then we hear Cliff and Vic's fight interrupt that really nice fantasy and then he says no seriously I'm gonna go back to the sunset you go be the hero (laughs) and JB leaves they go check out what the hell is going on then we move on to Vic in Detroit in 2002 now I am really off on this kid's age my guess is and it's just a guess please correct me if you know he is officially 19 years old but because his dad put him together that's when he stopped aging so he's been a 19 year old boy body for the last five years so he has the mental capacity of someone say 1924 i ain't great with math (laughs) he is still a baby but when he said five years a little bit later i was like what since he was 18 i know your ass ain't supposed to be your 24 like what and maybe he is supposed to be 24 but he don't look it at all we see little Vic has dislocated his shoulder uh and I love that his mom said there's no shame in crying yes please tell this to all boys everywhere even at this age he's afraid of his father so she covers for him as he's learned his lesson to not climb that tree today at 8 38 a.m he wakes he does his rounds he goes to cliff who is just staring off into space then he goes to jane who tells him once again you're not my supervisor 30 minutes later ain't nobody showed up (laughs) then he gets some notifications on Chez, which is a dating profile he made when he was 18 years old but never got any of the 267 notifications because his dad cock blocked him and i was like can he use his cock his dad like what the hell he's like look i had on parental controls he's like screw your parental controls he's like you talk my line you stole my stat key he said it's my stat key because it's my body and i reprogrammed grid and i locked your ass out and he hangs up on him. and i'm like dude you know he got a back door somewhere somewhere in your body he got a back door but i think it's just that his whole entire body is made to be annoying as shit and his father is an asshole <laughs> i think that's gonna be the consensus i get you want to save your son's life but damn have you put a lot of your control into that he has grid run a search for niles in the background while he checks out janice and some other chicks a lot of them are fangirls so he continues to swipe he sees Jane twirling in the backyard singing, everything is fine. These niggas crazy as fuck. I was laughing that he ain't got no weight, so he just benching headstones and shit. I'm like, was that a statue in the backyard? <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> he then connects with Mel, who is a medical student and seems normal and nice, but apparently his tech can subconsciously determine or heed his desires and his desires to know her more so it brings up everything from her social security number 
background check, and live feed surveillance. A perk to removing the bandwidth that his daddy put on, and this is an obstacle to Vic's autonomy once again as a person. He then takes the selfie because he's like, I don't look like I did in my profile picture. (laughs) And sends it to her and gets the real-time rejection reaction. And I was like, she don't know he's cyborg though? I mean, it's also understandable because if I got that pic, I would be like, either you're dressing like cyborg or you are cyborg, but how do you not? And if you don't know who cyborg is, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I would automatically think somebody is dressing up like this. I would not. (laughs) I wouldn't even think he was a real person. Or I'd be like, okay, you one of them nerds. Oh, no. No, no, no. And I thought maybe he should have just explained, hey, I'm Cyborg. (laughs) But he deletes his profile. Cliff then attacks him, blaming him for ruining Clara. And that's when he busts out his cannon and fires. But he fired, apparently, at the house. Then we get to Jane, Arkansas, 1950. I like the fact that we're going subtle here because Lord knows subtlety is not always the best with CW writers, but we see her dad smoking a cigarette. She's crying. She needs attention. The bastard comes close and just leaves his baby girl. Presently, she is drawing a portrait of the chief she has written the word bastard on it before insulting and punching it she then comes out insults rita because hammerhead has taken over who has different plans but jane says stop it just go to the meeting but when she does get there cliff bites her head off because he's trying to put toast in his mouth and he's hungry so leave him the fuck alone and then hammerhead's like fuck this and resumes her mischief by watching more of the tapes where chief tells jane to make connections that's his motive to see her flourish and then she says what if i can't hammerhead is upset because she believes that he lied to her starts breaking things including the tapes and jane yells for her to stop she's devastated about it then here's the explosion followed by jb who sees cliff wrecking the library next then a chair then we move to cliff and what's happening with him we flash back to south florida 1961 more childhood trauma when cliff's dad shows himself to be abusive but also apologetic wanting to be better Cliff is still focused on Bump being a dad to his daughter and has been staring at the computer screen all night. He then says, fuck it. And this is when I realized he was imagining things because he drives the bus all the way to Bump's house. And I know damn well he didn't drive off that bus with nobody knowing. (laughs) And that he took everything from him. And I'm like, sir, you were fucking the nanny. He imagines that Bump is a shitty dad to Clara, calls her a brat, says she killed his bachelor lifestyle. He tries to go for Vic once again, but did you see that KO he put on him though? Flawless victory. Not once, but twice he showed that that football training gonna come in handy when it comes to handling 
uh, Cliff. A knock to the head brings him back to reality and he says that he wants to cry to have emotional release but can't and he is so angry because Bump would have been a better dad. His daughter was an orphan. He was turning into his own man anyway. He can't call Clara because he's a robot but he also needs to explain the fact that why it was him that was rescued as it should have been Kate that came back not him I thought this was the best performance by Cliff yet and that Brandon Fraser's voice acting really shone through in this Rita comes in like what the hell Vic says we should leave as Jane explains that he is having a psychotic break but Cliff is like no we need Dr. Phil or we need to be our own Dr. Phil to each other because this shit is what Niles did he talked to us or at least he listened and we need to do the same we need to talk to each other they need to process their emotions which is facts first step to healing and Rita begrudgingly agrees being the one who never wanted to get involved because she was stuck in a furnace and no one heard her scream (laughs) and she really took on the lesson of last episode i do not want to end up like them whatsoever we're now on this guy's radar we do want the chief back and if we want to get him back for all that he's done for us then we cannot end up like his last set of experiments cliff went first so rita goes second once they are all um gathered together because jb went right upstairs and was like uh you time for you to get up come on larry rita admits that she did a thing a while ago that she is ashamed of that is going to come out um via mr nobody and cliff tries to get her to reveal the secret now and everybody's like back up dude like he told her to share let her go at her own pace and he's like okay and she admits that she was not a good person at least Rita Farr was not but worse she was not a person at all but an illusion built on materialistic meaning she admits that she doesn't know who she is and Cliff points out that "Ooh, you got your legs back (laughs) Jane and Rita bicker as Rita admits also that Jane's kind of a bitch at least some of her personalities are Larry tries to leave until Cliff wonders if he needs to have makeup sex with his flowers and urges him to share. And he starts by I'm and he screams, gay. I swear to God, I swear to God, you stupid bitch. Vic and Rita, because of course Jane would laugh, looked at him like, are you out of your fucking mind? You are so rude. So rude. And he larry says well i was gonna say i'm lonely not touching anyone for 60 years and the last person i did was john bowers whom he loved and pushed away and then cliff says i knew it he would step across the line habitually he's a habitual line stepper he then tries to give him a hug like this was all that it was to say he needed to come out about his sexuality but he says i'm not done this fact that i pushed john away is what mr nobody taunted me with and that he has been torturing himself which is the job (laughs) mr nobody wants to take but he's like already been doing that and in turn the thing inside of him has been lashing back to the point that he is filled with so much self-loathing that he cannot breathe 
or tell a joke because of the bandages because he said half his face was missing and he's like ah there's no nuance you can't tell i'm telling a joke this sucks i was like it does suck because there's a lot of people in this room that can't just touch i mean rita tried to have one night i mean she's got the best opportunity in jane well jane not really anytime she would do anything them personalities is taking over i don't even think that's what she's interested in actually that would be pretty understandable if she's not so there is that lacking of physical contact so they need that emotional contact i like that cliff claps and vic admits that he killed his mama and then cliff says winner winner chicken dinner here we go Vic says as far as he can remember he's never trusted his father but why doesn't his father trust him he tells them about the story of how his mother died but Cliff is impatient to get to the good stuff because Vic then admits maybe my memories aren't real because that's what Mr. Mr. Nobody taunted me with which means that all of the trauma I have accepted and dealt with this horrible thing of killing my mother what could possibly be worse than that and then jane shows them all a pic of the hayman's daughter because she says um like does he not trust me or something like that and he says he shouldn't then she goes (laughs) disappears and brings back the picture of the hangman's daughter of them all dying their demise they're like what the shit cliff tells her no you're not leaving the group without sharing despite trying to toss a grenade into the therapy session but she tosses another one his way by saying oh you want the truth well you're not going to be a great father because you're not even a man and then he tells her i am the only one that can stand you and that's only 164th of you and while yes what he said was horrible so did what she said and everybody was like yelling at him and not her i'm like they both should apologize because that was not nice <laughs> what she said either he is just a brain he goes berserk then after he tries to apologize and she ignores him starts to break down once again Vic has to ko him and then a rat emerges and rita's reaction was mine i was like ew disgusting gross but he is all the way showered the power down not showered down. he needs to be showered down admiral whiskers turns out six days ago his mama was crossing the road when the doom patrol killed her with their vehicle because why would a rat not look both ways but mr nobody then gets into this rat's head and tells it to torture cliff and that's what it does in revenge and this is the entire episode what been happening with cliff part of mr nobody's plan and i like that little turnaround so this was a really good episode i really enjoyed it and i hope that we have more better pace like this one because this one was actually rather perfectly paced so that is all for me let's get on to the feedback If you want to send feedback in, you can send that to blackocouch at gmail.com. You can send that in written form or you can send it in audio like Queen Shy. All right, Christina, I'm back here to talk about Doom Patrol episode seven. Uh, 
very disappointed that my episode 6 feedback didn't make it to you because my crazy behind forgot to send it. So for some reason, I thought I did, but I did not. So yes, I will make sure you get this one. That's for dang sure. As for this episode, um, I'm not sure how I feel about this one. So... I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, it was it was good. It had good moments in it. Just yeah, it was just very. I don't know. I I I I can't give a definitive. I'm still on the fence on how I feel. And since I just watched it, I really would have liked some time to think about this episode I didn't even write any notes so I'm going off of memory on pretty much everything that happened um but first thing first I did enjoy episode six it had an inception like vibe to it I like the fact that we got a bit more backstory I mean they're giving us the breadcrumbs for the characters such as Jane um which seems like they confirmed it a little bit more about her trauma her sexual abuse how that more than likely stemmed from around or was around playtime and puzzles and whoever it was that um abused her uh he used that time of day or that um games and stuff like that to uh to abuse her and then with Rita, we had the with Mary Beth. Is that what the I'm believing the daughter uh, name is? That I'm guessing as and I, you had guessed as well that she gave birth and put a daughter up for adoption. So those were the main things that stood out to me. And the fact that Mr. Nobody is using their affairs and their um secrets against them which brings us to episode seven um with them realizing that or understanding that cliff wants to have this type of therapy session where they talk about their feelings their secrets their issues so that and lay them out on the table thinking that this will help with um, combating whatever Mr. Nobody has in store for them. So for once, Cliff actually had a pretty decent idea. Unfortunately, for a lot of this episode, he was getting on my nerves. But, you know, with his Neanderthal-type behavior, I'm just, yeah, just it tends to just be over the top. And it's just like... Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, it is what it is at this point. It's his character, and that's what his character does. So I just try to grin and bear it. One thing I don't understand about Cliff's story is his anger about, I guess it was his, was it Bump? Um, raising his daughter. I'm like Cliff, you're you're supposed to be dead. Everyone thinks you're dead, and your wife is dead. So someone had to raise your child. So 
I'm not understand. I mean, I don't remember who who the guy was. I mean, I was trying to remember from what episode from episode one who exactly he was, but I'm not. I'm just drawing a blank, and I didn't go back and look to see who he was. So, not quite sure what exactly the issue is. Is was he the person? I don't know who he. I'm not even gonna try to guess. I don't remember who he was. So, um. Yeah, I was kind of confused as to why he was so upset about whoever raising his daughter. And obviously, whoever that would be, she would look at him as a father figure and as a father. So that should have been something he was happy about, that she had a good childhood and, and um, despite everything that happened, the tragedy of her parents being killed, but yeah, I don't know. I mean that that story was just strange. His reaction and all that stuff. So we got to delve into their childhoods a little bit more. You know, Vic with his mom and um, him dislocating his shoulder. Larry with his parents being upset because they know that he's gay and it's going to ruin their social status in the community. Then we got Rita, who apparently that's not her real name, who has a stage mom from hell who, what, at age eight or nine, is already giving her a stage name and already, uh, extra in regards to that and then we have Jane who's I'm assuming that's the dad that just came into the room and was staring at her as a baby crying and not consoling her so I'm wondering if the mom died in childbirth and the dad is got this resentment towards Jane because he really yeah he just came in there and stood over her crib and just have this look on his face like he didn't give a crap we see more of silas uh the examples of how silas um controlled vic's life we also got confirmation on how old vic is so he's in his early 20s um because they he said the accident happened or the explosion happened when he was 18 years old so it's good to get some confirmation on that or get a better idea how old he is we got an idea how old jane is she was born in 1950 so that means she's around 70 in real life and did i i don't know i probably said this in my other the the feedback that i didn't get to send but uh, is it because of the their metahumans or the entity that's in Larry and in Rita that they don't age, or, or the entity that's in Jane? I'm assuming there's an entity in Jane. Um, I'm just trying to figure out why they don't age. Um, so I'm wondering if their superpowers slow down the aging process. Overall, like I said, um, I mean, that episode was interesting. It was definitely a slower pace. Um, not quite under, not un, I'm not quite understanding 
Mr. Nobody recruiting this rat to infiltrate Cliff's armor and taking over his mind. Um, I'm sure there was a reason for that, I guess, to get them to sit down and talk so he can get more from I don't know. I and because it was like what did it say the first episode so this you know the rat cliff running over the, his mother um happened in episode one and this snowball effect of mr whiskers is that what it said i don't remember the rat's name so i'm not quite understanding what's going on with that why he uses the rat so we got cockroaches or whatever we got a bunch we am the animals are a theme in this in this show donkeys is it cockroaches rats so yeah they're definitely play a role in <laughs> what happens in this show but i'll leave it at that um that's pretty much all i got all i can remember um so i will just look forward to your podcast and hearing you break down the episode and maybe it'll some things will make more sense after listening to what you have to say hopefully mimi joins the fun um but yeah we'll see but until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy and that was miss shy on her feedback and thoughts i'm glad you liked the episode hopefully in the breakdown a little a few more things will make some sense especially with the bump thing um for him he was uh cliff's bff but right before cliff died Cliff's wife had jumped on the mic and said that she slept with Bump. So I think that's why he feels a little more resentful. Not only did you sleep with my wife, even though you were fucking around, which don't make sense, but also now you were the father to my child. But overall, this is a better person than I was ever. And he knows that. I think that's where he broke down at the end is he wants to be horribly angry at this uh because it's about all the mistakes he made instead of um bump who is you know it's better than foster care he knew that that love of a father is what bump got and he didn't get it because he not only shat on the time he had with his daughter but uh he's no longer around so that incompetent impotent i said not incompetent anger is what cliff's going through it, it makes him sort of empathetic but yeah i he's still really hard to accept half the time it's like okay and the other time I'm like jesus get off the screen as far as the animal being themes yeah i'm not quite fond of all of the animals because i don't like cockroaches or rats so and i sure as shit ain't seen no donkeys rolling around uh, and they had to make them the most disgusting. Why can't they be a fucking rabbit? Good catch with the games and Jane. I didn't even think about that or put that together that this might, the abuse may have occurred during uh, playtime. So uh, I think that's a good catch. And I think that's it. We are, we're pretty much caught up with what's going to happen or what is happening with our peeps. Like I said, I, I really like the character background work. 
um, that's good for me and informs me a little bit more. Like Rita, I really couldn't stand her at first, but I have a very different, differing opinion forming about her. So I, I enjoyed it. If you want to send feedback, once again, you can send that to blackbrookcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and if you have time, run over to iTunes and leave a review. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black magic.